the show. Thanks for joining me on Get Up With God. It's good to see you this morning. Let's open up our Bibles this morning. We're going to read out of Mark chapter 4. We've been reading out of this uh, for the week, and I want to continue in it. Uh, I've got a few more things, I think, in me that I want to talk about and uh, minister on. So let's start in Mark chapter 4, verse 14, and uh, we'll go from there. So let me get to my page here. Working on multiple uh, multiple things at one time in the morning. So, yeah, let's start in Mark chapter 4, verse 14. Good to see you this morning. You made it. You made it. Thanks for being up with me this morning. So good to see you. Everybody that's on, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to see you on. Everybody that's commenting, whatever platform you're watching from, whether it's TikTok, TikTok. I don't stream live on TikTok, but whether you're on Twitter, Twitch, all the T's, uh, uh, Facebook, YouTube, thank you so much for watching. Be sure to comment, leave a uh, comment on the video, let me know that you're watching with me. Just encourages me to see that you're on in the morning. Be sure to hit the like button, the share button, share it to your page. Do a screenshot, you know, uh, uh, screenshot the page and while you're watching or something, tag Get Up With God. It gets our name up in the ranking, so it uh, gets the page out to other people. Word of mouth is, is what we do. So, amen. Well, it's good to see you this morning. Mark chapter 4, verse 14. Let's read together, and then let's pray, and uh, we'll make a few confessions. Just get our day started the right way, kicked off the right way. Hope you grabbed your coffee, and uh, let's kick this thing off. So, Lord, we thank you for this day. We praise you. Lord, we give you the glory, the honor. We worship you this morning. We thank you for all that you do and who you are. You're a great, great, mighty, mighty God. And we just thank you for being here with us, loving us, praising, uh, or uh, uh, taking the time with us this morning. We praise your name, Lord. We just ask that you'd visit us here this morning as we read your word, that you would make it come alive to us, Holy Ghost, that your, your word would become life and become alive to us as we read to begin to get revelation, understanding of your word so that we can go deeper in the things of God and become mature in the things of God. We thank you, Lord, for your word to us, given to us. We just thank you that it's bread and life to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Say this with me. Say, I believe and I receive every word that comes from the word of God. It is life to me. And I will receive everything that God has for me today. I'll walk in victory for the rest of my life. I'll say this, say, my body is healthy, strong, and full of God life. No aches, no pains, no sickness, no disease in my body. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, glory to God. Good to see everybody on this morning. Thank you guys so much for being here. I see everybody that's commenting. Be sure to leave a comment if you're live with me. And uh, let me know that you're live and participating in this. And let's kick this thing off. Mark chapter 4, verse 14. Um, I titled today um, something about pitfalls. How to avoid pitfalls of the devil. And I wanted to read out of this because something stuck out to me that was very interesting about these. And I want to share that with you and then we'll, uh, we'll keep reading through these. So Mark chapter 4, verse 14. The sower sows the word. These are they... These are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they've heard, Satan comes immediately and takes the word away that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise, which are sown on stony ground. 
who when they've heard the word immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in them and so endure but for a time afterward when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake immediately they are offended and these are they which are sown among thorns such as hear the word and the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of their things in entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful and these are they which so uh, are sown on good ground such as hear the word receive it bring forth fruit 30 60 and a hundredfold and what i thought was interesting is there's only one reference to satan in these the rest of them now the word is referenced multiple times that persecutions look at verse 17 and they have no root in them and so they endure for a time afterward when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake immediately they're offended verse 17 um we've got a footnote here let's see what it says this illustrates those who hear the word of god and gladly receive it but have no depth of consecration no root to endure and no stability to stand persecution, trial, misunderstanding, which are sure to come. Verse 18, these are they which sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches. So verse 17, 18, 19, uh, we can see have reference to things that we can allow this the word to get choked out in our life. But there's one reference here. In verse 15, and these are they, uh, these are they by the wayside where the word is sown, but they have, once they've heard Satan comes immediately and takes the word away that's sown into their hearts. So a couple things I wanted to point out. I've said this this week, but the, but the enemy, um, is not after you. Doesn't care about you. He, he, he can do what he will with somebody. He can do whatever he wants with somebody who is uh, living in the world. They don't have the word in them. He can destroy their life. He can completely destroy their life. They're on a path to hell. Um, you know, I've, I've referenced my little pendulum uh, reference where you've got this U shape. And up in this high, uh, you know, this corner of the U like this. You've got this corner of the U, it's God's blessing, the greatest things for your life. You're on your way to heaven. You're at the top here. And then all the way down the middle, you're a broken state. You're um, uh, devastated. You're going to hell. There's a lot of brokenness for you. Then you've got the other side here. You know, so you've got this U shape down here at the bottom, broken, uh, uh, you know, miserable. Uh, Life is not going for you well at all. And uh, you're on your way to hell. And then up on this other side, right, you've got blessing or not blessing, but you've got riches and wealth and and a lot of things going for you, but you're still going to hell. And so I think what the devil does is if we're in this bottom state here, we're very vulnerable, extremely vulnerable down at this state. And if he can get us uh, looking away from the things of God and, and up this other direction, he's got us. And so you may see some people that have some nice things or, or live what on surface level looks like a nice life. But really, if you're going to hell, it's all for vain. There's no, there's no sense in having it. If you're end of your at the end of your 80, 90, hundred years that you live on this earth, you, you end up uh, not going, not obtaining heaven. It was all voided. It's all irrelevant. So, 
I want to be on the other side of the pendulum where I'm blessed. I'm going to heaven, but I'm also blessed because you could be, you know, leaning up towards this other way and be going to heaven, but life not be going great for you. So my point in saying that is the enemy's not after you per se. He's after the word first. Then once he's got the word out of you, he's going to destroy your life. Um, John chapter 10 verse 10 says that the enemy only comes for one reason. It's to steal kill and destroy well what's he stealing he steals the word from you he, he takes the life out of you the, that's that that be, that is your life the word of god is the life um not the life uh it, that is the life but i want to think of a different word uh, holy spirit help me here the the word is the rhema or the that's the greek i believe the either the hebrew or the greek term for life but the um the sustenance or the energy within inside of you that the word of God is that for you it's spirit it's life it's power for you and once that word's removed the enemy steals the word from you he comes to steal kill and destroy he's going to kill you and destroy what you have in your life and so he comes immediately for those things there's only one reference of the reason that the fruit was not being produced was because of the devil the other references are the the you know life cares of this world uh the the um the what, what does he say the um the deceitfulness of riches lusts of other things so those are things that we have to put under that really the enemy has nothing to do with it your pride and your uh those those sort of things are self can be, can be self-inflicted can be instigated and influenced by the enemy but those things can be self-influenced so we, those are a lot of things that we can put down. But the enemy, there's one reference to the word being stolen from you. And these are ones that are sown by the wayside. It's the word comes to you. There's seeds sown towards you, but it falls down on deaf, almost deaf ears. And immediately the enemy comes to steal that word. So it doesn't bring life to you. It doesn't bring sustenance. It doesn't bring substance. It doesn't bring help. Uh, in your life when you need it that's what this word does and if here's what you have to examine in yourself is if when you read this it doesn't bring you that something is happening in these other verses in your life so i just i read the word dylan i just can't get into it okay let's examine now i you know i just I, I, you know, I think it's great, Dylan, that you read the Bible every morning and you, you spend time with God. He's your God. And I think it's important, but, uh, you know, um, I just, I can't get into it that much. I don't really like it that much. All right. I understand. I don't agree with you. Well, I don't, I'm not okay with that for you, but I understand where you're coming from. I believe that that's happening to you. So we have to find out why is that happening? When you read this, if it feels like it falls on deaf ears, there's some cultivating that has to be done within the soil of your heart that makes this become where your soil of your heart becomes receptive to this, to the word. It doesn't just, you know, why do you think, there's people that you can just randomly meet or walk up to or have encountered throughout your life that they are very, very, very receptive when you tell them that according to the word of God, the Bible says that 
God will meet all of your needs according to his riches and glory. And they perk up and they go, what? whoa, I never knew that that's amazing because their soil. Why do you think they feel that way? Their soil of their heart is cultivated. It's ready to receive those things. It's ready to receive the rhema, the life-giving power and word from God. And they receive it and it's light to them. It's encouraging to them because it's their soil is cultivated. Then why is it that you can read the word and to somebody else and all they want to do is debate you on it? Because they've got, uh, they're like the wayside. They don't want, they immediately, that word gets spoken to them. The devil steals it. They don't get even a chance to be receptive of it because they're, they're not cultivated. It's like dried, uh, extremely poor pH level ground. You know, it's, it's not good ground for, to receive these things. So they don't, when the word is cast or the word is placed in front of them, they just want to debate you or they want to argue with you or they're, you know, I I don't have time for that. I'm living a real life, Dylan. I have real life things going on. I don't have time for your, your fairy tale Christian stuff that's going on. Your soil's not cultivated. You're an immature person. It's not my fault. It's not God's fault. You're on a very low level spiritually. And when you get to a higher level spiritually, these things start to become life to you. And you begin, your, your heart is cultivated. Your life is cultivated. You start to receive these things openly. And you, you can apply it to your life practically. When you see these things as a fairy tale thing, you, you're a baby. And that's fine, but you've got to grow up at some point. You've got to mature at some point. And these things become life and power to you to accomplish the things of life in every area that you encounter. But if you're, if, if you're not receptive to these things, you can't blame God. And, and the reason... The reason the enemy is able to come immediately, he always comes immediately for the word's sake, but the reason he's able to come immediately for those that are on the wayside, let me see if there's a different translation of that scripture. Mark chapter four here. Can you bear with me here? The enemy always comes for the, for the word's sake. Always. But what, why those that are on the wayside? Let's look at a different translation of that verse. Verse 14. Um, verse 15, I'm sorry. So this is the, let's read the message. This is the first one that came up. So the farmer plants the word. The farmer's the minister, plants the word. And you could be a minister. You could be ministering to somebody. Some people are like the seed that falls on the hardened soil of the road. That's a good translation. No no sooner do they hear the word than Satan snatches away what's been planted in them. Well, that's a bad translation in the sense that it's not been planted. But I like the term here. It's another way to look at it. Some people are like the seed that falls on the hardened soil of the road. That'd be like throwing seed on the asphalt. Come on, seed grow. You know, some really, really intense roots might get through cracks somewhere and sprout up a little bit, but it ain't going to be established very well. That stuff doesn't get established well. 
but it can get in there. That's a whole different message for, for right now. But some people are like the seed that falls on the hardened soil of the road. So again, even though the enemy comes immediately to steal that word, even though the enemy comes immediately to steal the word from you, no matter what place you are in life, the enemy is going to come immediately to steal that word. But dependent upon your soil, dependent upon your receptiveness of the word or of the things of God, is going to depend on how, that, how the enemy is able to, to steal that word immediately. See, if he's a bird that, and trying to attack a seed that's been landed on hard soil, he can snatch the, the seed, grab it, and go immediately. There's no means of protection. But if the soil is pliable, if, if the seed, you know, it's been tilled, it's, you know, when you, you, you run a plow through it and it's split the dirt so that you can plant the seed inside of it, and then that dirt gets covered back up, can the enemy steal it? Absolutely. We've got other references of that in the scripture. But it's much harder for the enemy to grab it immediately. He can still grab it, but it's harder because it's not immediately attentive to him that it's, it's there because it's been, it's been planted. It's been, uh, uh, there's some depth to the soil so that the seed can go in. And the enemy can still steal it, and you have to protect it. But that's, the enemy can, it's harder for him to steal that seed when your soil has been cultivated. Let me read a different translation of it. The message was good, but this, it's a hit and miss, the message translation. I didn't say the Bible is a hit and miss, so don't get your panties all in a bundle. Just the message translation is, is a hit and miss. Uh, verse 15, the seed, this is the, the New Living Translation. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message, only to have Satan come at once and take it away. So the footpath, that's a good one. Let's look at the Amplified, the classic Amplified version. Verse, four, verse, verse 15, the ones along the path are those who have the word sown in their hearts, but when they hear, Satan comes at once by force and takes away the message which was sown in them. So all that to say, there's a hardened path, a hardened soil that that seed gets planted into that doesn't have any depth to protect it from the enemy that comes immediately to steal it. Doesn't come immediately. He, he tries to, uh, the word tries to get inside of him, of the person, but it doesn't take any root inside of him. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse four says, whose mind the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord and ourselves, your bond servants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Whose mind the God of this age has blinded. So the enemies, the enemy works hard to keep people, keep their soil, their hearts. I, I say soil because it's, you know, relevant to what we're talking about. But the, uh, the enemy works very hard to keep the soil of these hearts, of these people, uncultivated, unreceptive, hardened 
hard to penetrate for the seed to go. It's this is what the enemy tries to do. So how do we combat this? How do you cultivate? What's one way to cultivate or make sure that the word stays in you? Well, one of the things that one of the ingredients to a to having a cultivated heart is doing that seed getting planted in is is number one, obviously being receptive to it. But we have to do something with the seed. Listen to this in Romans four. Romans 10, I'm sorry, Romans 10. Verse 4. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Moses writes about the righteousness of the law, which is of the law, the man who does not who does those things shall live by them, but the righteousness of faith speaks in its way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the the Lord shall be saved. Now this principle can be applied to anything. In this particular reference, it is Jesus and his salvation upon someone who confesses and believes that they've received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They receive eternal life in heaven. But this principle applies to anything. Verse 4, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. So why couldn't you believe for health? Why couldn't you believe that you're healed? Believe that you're in a better place financially. Believe what, what, it's the same exact principle now. So the the ingredient for that seed to be sown, because the enemy is going to come, we know that. But your ingredients don't just include receiving. Now it it includes it going into your heart and coming out of your mouth. This is the cultivation process of how God created man to operate within the things of God. Is the word is in your heart and it's in your mouth. A lot of people think when they make confessions, especially uh, seasoned Christians, and when I say seasoned, they've been Christian or saved for a long time. They've heard the word of faith. They've heard the word, the truth of God. They've been under a lot of teaching. And a confession to them is a, a forcible way to make themselves believe. That's not what a confession is. A confession is a, a, a profession of what you do believe. 
So you're not confessing when you say my body is healed by the stripes of Jesus. My body is healed. You're not confessing that to cause yourself to believe you're confessing what you do believe and cultivate that seed now is becoming germinated and growing. That's what the, when you confess that word from your mouth, because it's what you believe. If it's not believed in here and it comes out of your mouth, there's no power backing behind it. There's, there's, that's a flow. And that's not my opinion. I'm telling you what we just read out of this, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart, the word of faith in which we preach faith is the confident expectation of things that you don't have. So if the word of faith in which you preach or the word that of faith is in your mouth, the faith has to be in your heart to come out of your mouth. But if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, that God has raised Jesus from the dead. So there's a, there's a two-step process to the, to the culmination of a seed becoming, you know, really becoming part of you for it to, be, to take root. You have to believe and you have to confess. When the word no longer comes from your mouth that's when the enemy can steal it from your heart and that's good when the word stops coming from your mouth that's when the enemy can steal it from your heart your confession has powerful powerful results when it's released into the atmosphere it brings forth harvest see and it doesn't here's where a lot of people get tripped up is it doesn't happen immediately or within the next 23 hours and they feel like nothing's happened. Every word spoken from a, from a seed implanted, every word spoken from that will produce a harvest. Every word spoken will produce a harvest. Your continual confession of a thing will bring a harvest into your life of the seeds that are planted on the inside of you. That's why it's so important to get these things in your heart. Get the word of God inside your heart. Convince yourself on the things of God. Cultivate yourself. Open yourself to the things of God. Because when you confess the things that you believe, there is a harvest that comes from that. A harvest. There's a result that happens from that. For your life. You will live in the harvest of it one day. But when the believing stops incorporating with the confessing, when you confess it, it pushes out further if you're not believing it. You've got to, it. Once you've said it, it's on its way to you. But the believing is what casts the net and keeps pulling it in and pulling it in and pulling it in. But as soon as you stop believing the confessing, that thing stops. It holds. That harvest holds up. It's like a farmer going out planting seeds and then he's like ah, it's not going to work and then he throws a big tarp over it. he's like we'll just try this again and then he pulls the tarp back off and then he puts the tarp back on and then he pulls the tarp back off it's like bro let it grow man you know don't waver book of james says those who waver won't see anything see in a, in a farmer 
he can doubt in his heart that his harvest isn't going to grow and his harvest is still going to grow because this is a principle, right? That farmer would have to tangibly go out and do something to mess up his harvest. Like, for example, like putting a tarp over the top of them, that sun's not going to get onto them. You know, photosynthesis isn't going to happen and all the stuff that causes seeds to grow. So that tarp is the equivalent of me and you stopping believing that the thing is going to happen. That's the equivalent. We don't, you know, he, he can sit in his house, plant his seeds, do everything necessary and do all the fundamentals, sit in his house and be like, it's, uh, you know, and think in his heart, man, is this thing going to grow? Not confess it because that could cause problems. Words have power. But he could sit in his house and wonder. Is it going to grow? Is it going to grow? And he could do all the actions and it's still going to grow because the, the fundamentals of this is a, is a analogy for you and me on believing and receiving what we believed and confessed. So you can't give up in the middle of your seed being cast out. You pause that. It has to be, you, you got to let the seed grow. You've got to let the seed grow in your life. Confess it and continue the belief, the watering, the continual confession, the continual prayer and fellowship with God. That seed will grow. It will produce harvest for your life. Don't ever stop believing. I have one of, one of the messages I wrote in here is don't stop believing. Just continue. Be continual in your belief. How do you, what, if I, what if I doubt? Choose not to put the, when doubt comes in, plug your mind with something else, plug the holes with that doubts getting into with the, with the word of God. Remember testimonies of what God's done for you and for others. Well, God brought so-and-so through this. God did this for so-and-so. He can do it for me. Begin to stand on the word of God. Don't let yourself waver. The enemy's going to come. But you have to stand strong and stand firm and implant things in your mind from the word of God to, to stop the doubt from happening. If you allow doubt to happen, it's purely, uh, it's purely lack of attention to the matter. If you let doubt creep in and stay. It, doubt will come and try to come, but you have to combat that. You have to come against it. And fill your mind with something else that convinces you of what you believe to be true. Or that seed will go on pause. Don't throw a tarp over your harvest. Don't throw a tarp over your seeds by doubting. Stay in faith and confidence in God's word. Hey, I love you so much. Thanks for joining again this morning. I got to go. I'll see you soon. Be blessed. Tune in for another special morning with Dylan on Get Up With God at 6 a.m. Be blessed. Love you so much. And I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining. Love you. Goodbye.